We're going to continue our journey through the book of Colossians. And uh, so if you're a guest with us, we, we journey through Colossians, the book. And um, we've made it all the way to chapter 4 in our journey. And, and so we're going to spend a little bit of time chapter 4. I, I do, I'm sad to say that next week will be our last week in the book of Colossians. It'll be over with. And then we're going to move on. But, fun fact, uh, just as a side note, we, we haven't announced this yet. We have Al Saunders coming from Birmingham. We're going to do a mini-series um, before we get to our next book on mental health. And we've got a mental health care professional coming in to talk about anxiety, to talk about depression. Um, he's going to come in and, and to help lead us in some of those things. And so I don't know of a better time in history than to kind of chew through some of those things. It's going to be good. And so if you battle with those things, we, we love you. And also, we're with you. And so we're going to have somebody come in to help speak to those things. So we're going to do a little four-week mini-series. You'll be hearing more about that um, through email and, and Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be really, really awesome. So look forward to that. But let's get through uh, Colossians for now. All right, you ready? Colossians chapter 4. Um, it's been said that through all of time, space, history, all of it, that all of it really is just God speaking to humanity in different ways. So all from... From the beginning of Genesis to here's the stars and the, the moon and the sky to now, to 2021. It's just a story of God speaking to us in different ways. That's all that history is, right? And so in the garden, it was all about God telling humans, I am the creator. You should follow me. You track on past the garden and you get into the law. It's all about telling humans, you need to obey me, and here's ways to do it, but the ways to do it are going to show you that you can't obey me, and you're going to need me even more, right? And then you get to the prophets, and it's the story of God telling people, I'm a really powerful God. I can do some really wild things. You need me. And then you get past the prophets, and you get to the gospels. And it is God talking to humans and saying, listen, you're in sin. I'm the substitute. I'm love. I'm all of these things. Uh, and, and so all of the time, throughout time, space, history, every day, is God communicating with us, showing us more deeply. And, and so if all of time, space, history is a hose pipe, and I know for all you northerners, you're like, what is a hose pipe? Uh, a garden hose, whatever the thing is that comes out of your house that water comes out of. If all of time, space, history is God trickling information about himself, well then, good grief. The book of Colossians has been just a fire hydrant, hadn't it? Of him dumping specific information of who he is. And, and so this is what Colossians has been to us. It's been uh, Colossians chapter 1. Christ is supreme over all things. You need to know this. Colossians 1, he's supreme over your fruit bearing. He's supreme over the domain of darkness as Tyler LaFoy led us through. He's supreme over eternity past, over church, over entire cosmos, if you will. Um, he's supreme over suffering. That's when Johnny had the world record sermon. Y'all remember that? 17 minutes. My goal is to break that today so that I can be the ruler. of Johnny killed it. Uh, God's supreme over suffering. Colossians then told us that he's supreme over philosophy. He's supreme over uh, world traditions. He's supreme over death. He's supreme over debt. He's supreme over religion, religious works. He's supreme over wayward passions to put off. He's supreme over worshipful passions to put on. That's when we have the bracelets. If you didn't get a what would worship be bracelet, got some in the back. You can have them. Um, 
And so then to, we got to last week and, and it even said that God's supreme over relationships. He's supreme over marriages. He's supreme over parenting. He's, he's just supreme. And so Colossians has been quite literally just pouring this is who God is into us over and over and over. And that's what time, haste, space history is about. That's it. It is all about God saying to you and all of humanity, I'm this and you need to know that's who I am. Does that make sense? All of history is about that. And all of Colossians has been about that. And the more that you understand how God is knit in everything and supreme over everything, the more that you get that, the more it's going to affect you, doesn't it? The more that it pours in, I guess what I'm saying is, the more that ultimately it will what? And some of you are like, go ahead and do it. I'm just going to leave it right there. <laughs> just leave it right at the edge to where it's kind of like, I don't know what the scientific term is, to where it kind of bubbles there at the edge. Uh, the more that he pours into us, at some point it's going to... Wasn't that satisfying? It's more it's going to overflow. It's just going to come out. And that's what Paul's been screaming to us this whole time. Christ is supreme, and the more you get that, the more it's eventually going to overflow throughout your life. And, and so with that said, that gets us to uh, where we're at in Colossians today. The more he flows in, the more we flow upward to him and flow outward to humanity. That's what the text is going to say to us. So at that point, you can check out. We're done with the sermon. You, you know where it's going. Um, but if you want to get more of that, stay with me for just a second. Number one, as he speaks downward to us, our speech will flow upward towards him. That's what Paul says. The way that it will affect you is number one, the more you know about him, the more you're going to go up to him in conversation. It's just natural. Verse 2, continue. That continue is based off of everything that's already been said in Colossians. Because everything that he's supreme over, because of that, continue steadfastly in prayer. It's to pray without ceasing, basically, right? In one sense, it is absolutely impossible to pray without ceasing. Anybody else ever wrestled with that verse? I have wrestled with it all my life. You know, hearing preachers go, you need to pray without ceasing. You need to pray without ceasing. I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. But sometimes I have to talk to my kids or scream at them. <laughs> and, and sometimes I've got to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And sometimes I've got to jump off the high dive. And sometimes I've got to... So, so in one sense, it, it really is impossible to pray without ceasing. Physically. If you were just constantly bowed and never got up, you would never do anything else. So in, in one sense, there's, there's definitely that. But it's in the, another sense, it's completely possible, isn't it? To, to not be praying without ceasing, but to have an inward heart posture that is worshiping without ceasing, that is singing without ceasing, that is praying without ceasing. And some of you worship endlessly in song, and sometimes it bubbles out in that hum any, is, are there hummers in the room, you know, that's just constantly humming, doing the dishes, hmm, you know, whatever. It just kind of bubbles out, whatever. It, it's, it's entirely possible to have that kind of going on. And so we can inwardly posture. And so he says, continue steadfastly in this. The more that you feel this, 
the more that you listen to those holy whispers. Just that constant communication where God's telling us to do something. Do you have those moments? You ever have those moments where God tells you through a divine whisper to do something and you didn't expect it to happen? You, you pull out on that street and everything in you says you need to turn left. But something whispers and says you need to turn right. And you feel it and you feel like you're crazy because nobody else is in the car with you. And you're like, I'm going to turn right just because I feel like that's what the Spirit's lead me to do. You ever had that moment happen? Okay, there's about three other people that are crazy like me. Okay, good. I got some nods. Okay, just those weird inward moments or that moment where God says to you, hey, I want you to take this gift and I want you to give it to that person. You ever had that happen? Just something bubbles up and and it just happens. Or maybe this moment right this. I want you to say this to that person. And the this that the Lord tells you to say, you don't want to say it. (laughs) Because you're like, no, I'm not going to say that because that sounds like a crazy man. But then you say it and all of a sudden the person says, that is exactly what I needed to hear. And then you say, I didn't come up with that because I wouldn't have said that to you. Right? You ever, you ever had those moments? I think that's what he's talking about. Because Christ is supreme in all these things, we, by default, the more we learn, the more we will flow upward in constant conversation and that's what it looks like to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. I'll admit to you, listen, that may sound strange to some of you and there is a fine line, a fine line between hearing God and being locked up in Bryce Hospital. Fine line right there. You know, there's, there's people who claim to be hearing God all the time and telling him to do that's strange things, right? We hear of these people burning down buildings, and so this is constant wrestle. I admit that, but man, as a believer, there really is nothing greater than those moments to where the Lord speaks in your heart to do something, and you obey, and He works it for His glory, and ultimately that person's good. It's just it's unbelievable. And so it happens when we stay in constant communication, and so Paul goes on to say this, If he's affecting you downwardly, pouring in, number one, you'll continue steadfastly in prayer. Number two, you'll be watchful in it through the prayer with thanksgiving. The emotion of one who feels God constantly pouring into him or her is thankfulness. That's the emotion that bubbles up out of one who understands Christ's supremacy. In a very real way, his downward drench is the only thing that cools us off in this crazy world, isn't it? I mean, the world's just hot. It burns us to death. And when we stay in constant understanding of pouring our, into our lives, this is who he is, this is who he is, this is who he is, the more it cools us off. And that results in thankfulness because it gives us confidence. It gives us confidence in the fact that he's good in all things, ultimately. And so, I, I genuinely... I don't know how somebody makes it through life without a relationship with the Lord. I don't know. I don't understand. And I know you've heard that said, but especially in today's society, in 2020 through 2021, I don't know how anybody makes it with all the craziness that's going on. I I, I genuinely believe that. When friendships all of a sudden go dark and eerie, you had a friendship that's really just gone really dark really fast. I don't know how you survived that without 
Christ saying, that friendship went dark, but I am this. Um, when the earth's crust quite, quite literally cracks in Haiti and starts shifting and there's cosmic chaos going on, when a tsunami threatens to wipe out populations and all this kind of stuff, I don't know how anybody can stay sane without God saying, I'm still in control. That's what births that thankfulness. When, when the finances that you have aren't exactly what you thought they should be, they're not meeting your expectations, right? And you're like, I didn't see that coming. You'll go bananas. I think Gwen Stefani said it best, B-A-N-A-N-A-S, right? You'll go crazy other than reminded of, as I break a speaker down there, being reminded of God saying, yes, that, but I am. Does that make sense? I think that's what Paul's getting at. The more that we get poured into, you get that bad report. I got a a really bad report from someone at 10 p.m. last night. Um, One of our people, uh, David Turner, really bad report. Really, really bad. And we're having conversations last night in the dark depths of the night. And being able to say, in the midst of that, yes, terrible, but be reminded. And him going, I needed to hear that. It's the only thing that gets us through. And it births thankfulness and it births joy. Is your communication thankful as a believer? Are you thankful? And if not... The question is, are you being reminded daily? Are you pouring into yourself who Christ is and letting it bubble up and well up with inside of you joy? If you find yourself despondent and down and depressed, it's probably because the posture of your relationship in relation to the watered downfall of who God's pouring out in His supremacy. I think that's what Paul's getting at him. So, if you find yourself in that today, this is a call to dip your cup back in the wellspring that is Christ. Be full of him. So, with that said, let's keep going. Number one, as he speaks downward, our speech will overflow back upward through prayer and through thanksgiving, as Paul says. And then, number two, as he speaks downward, our speech will naturally outflow outward. It'll go out. We'll pray, but we'll also talk to others about his greatness. Verse three, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. The more that we see Christ as supreme, the more intrigued we become and the more we want to tell other people. The more that he washes in, the more we wash out to others. It's not dissimilar from any other information that we receive. It's just better. You get that juicy information about the quarterback that's going down. Hey, I just heard from such and such that Bryce Young lost the starting position and that this new guy is going to be the starter. I, that's not true. I didn't, don't call up Saban and be like, what on earth? Okay. You get that information, you hear it, and I guarantee you the first thing you do is you get on the phone and you call up Michael and you go, Michael, did you hear this? You get that little bit, right? And it's a quarterback. And it just it, it spills over. You get that information and you, you want it back out. Not only that, maybe, maybe you have no love affair for quarterbacks. But you found out what's going to be on the next episode of The Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. 
you found out what's happened to happen. And I don't, I, I, the rich people versus the plebes or whatever it is. And I'm, I'm sure I messed that all up. Is that right, Cam? Did I get it wrong? You know, you, you heard that. And, and what you, I've got to TikTok that. The Outer Banks, this is what's coming up. You've got to know this. But it just, you heard the information and it just comes right out. And most of you are like, I don't know what Outer Banks is. I don't either. <laughs> I just know that my kids love it. Uh, maybe this. You get that funny viral video. Somebody shares it with you. It just went viral yesterday. And you get it. It's funny. It's downloaded into your soul. Ha, ha, ha. I need Andy to know. I need John to know. I need Austin to know. <laughs> Watch this video. It came in and it goes out. And that's what Paul's saying is, listen, the more that you flood yourself with who he is, the more you got to tell somebody else. And he says, listen, I want you to even pray that for me. Pray that I see the fullness in a way that makes me want to tell other people. Just an avenue for the gospel to declare the, the mystery of Christ. So, in other words, the wetter we get in the goodness of Christ, the more that we will drip wherever we go. Just sponges. It's not overcomplicated. And to wrap our time up, Paul doesn't over-spiritualize this. He gets super practical. He doesn't just say, the more you understand, the more you'll want to go tell. He gives practical ways in which we will go tell. Verse 4. Pray that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Pray that as the wealth of God... I mean, who can explain God, right? The wealth of God is downloaded into me through song and through prayer and through gathering as a church and through a community group and through a mission trip and whatever it is. The more that I learn about Him, pray that I ought to speak that which I ought, that I ought to walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time, And let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. The more it comes in, the more it goes up. And the more it comes in, the more it goes out. Number one, our outward speech should just be clear. He prays, let me speak clearly. Spurgeon commented on this passage, and here's what he said. Christ said, feed my sheep and feed my lambs. And some people, however... Put the food so high that neither a sheep nor a lamb can reach it. They seem to have read the text saying, feed my giraffes. (laughs) Right? So when we think about him pouring in his eschatological goodness, the last thing that we need to say to somebody outside is that God is eschatologically good. It just doesn't make sense. And so Paul says, listen, the more you flood me with the goodness that you are and the bigness, help me just be clear. Just be clear and simple that you are good. Pray this, and this is the outflowing. Kent Hughes tells us uh, some graffiti that he found or he ran across at St. John's University. I love this quote. Kent Hughes says this. There was some graffiti on this wall at this university, and it says, Jesus said to them, who do you say that I am? And they replied... You are the eschatological manifestation of the ground of our being, the kerygma in which we find ultimate meaning um, of our interpersonal relationships. And Jesus replied to them, what? (laughs) Right? 
Paul says, listen, don't make it so big and so meaning, just flowery words. If you are flowering words out there about God, it's probably so that you feel good about your own words. When Paul, the writer of 13 books of the Bible, prays, I'm learning about God. Pray that he helps me make that simple and clear and just speak about how good he is. So number one, our speech should be clear. There's absolutely a place and time for theological precision. Trust me. There's absolutely a place and time for that. But 99.9% of evangelism is just this. I'm a royal mess just like you, and Jesus covers that mess. Pretty simple, pretty clear, and life-giving. And then not only that, number two, our outward speech is not just clear, but he says... Pray that our outward speech is gracious and seasoned with salt. Grace is easy for some of you because you're mercy people. Grace is hard for some of us because we're truth people. But for both of us, being gracious is biblical. That's our call. So he says, listen, the more that he pours into you, the more you speak out loud grace and the more that you speak out loud as if seasoned with salt. And so it's, we get this and we, we, we talk about grace and forgiveness and God's unmerited favor and the fact that we're royal screw-ups and that He can fix that. And we, and we do that, why? Not because we have to conjure it up, but because we're just overflowing what He's already said to us. Isn't that the story of all of Scripture? Hey, humanity, you are royal botch-ups, but I love you. And I sent a way through my son that you can be loved even though you're a royal botch-up. So we communicate grace. Why? Because that's what he's telling us. We just regurgitate the story. Clear and simple. We're in need. I'm a great sinner. And Christ is an even better Savior. That's the hope. And so it is seasoned with salt. Because there's nothing more flavorful than the hope of Christ, right? It tastes good. It should taste good. We don't beat people over the heads with Bibles and tell them how rotten they are. (laughs) We we don't walk around saying, I'm better than you. We don't jab people in 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 the sternum. Tell them that they're on their way to hell. They are. And you know who else is? This guy, apart from the grace of Christ. So we just proclaim that goodness. It's not dull. It's well thought out. It's joyful. It's happy. We should be the happiest people on earth because he's poured his love into us. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It's so beautiful. So with that said, we're wrapping up our time. As he pours into us, we flow back up to him. We flow out to others. And dare I say, we should just be giddy. We should be giddy people. We should, again, throw the best parties ever. Because you know where grace is sometimes best served? Over tacos. That's in the Bible or it's going to be in at one point in heaven or something. I shouldn't have said that. That's probably heresy. I rewind all of that, right? But grace is served sometimes best over tacos at Tyler LaFoy's house. 
Grace is sometimes best served over frying fatty foods on the grill through hamburgers and hot dogs. Grace is sometimes best served around a fire pit. You ought to have, our church ought to have the best fire pits in all of Tuscaloosa. Right? They're men, there you go. Tell your wife it's for the Lord. <laughs> this fire pit is for the Lord, honey. Right? We ought to have the best fire pits. It's like I said during the prayer for Jonah. Sometimes I think we get church all messed up. This is where I go to get my holy goodness on Sunday. My gosh, it ought to be a ranch fire pit. It ought to be with your grill flaming up, flames so high. I mean, unless it's a steak, because then it should be rare, and then it shouldn't take that long anyway, right? We ought to have the best swim parties ever. Because as he's poured his goodness into us, we just spread it back out to others. And sometimes it's best served while somebody's in the most stressful moment of their life. And sometimes it's best served when everybody's about to take that midterm exam and everybody's stressed out. Sometimes that's the best moment. You get it. You get it. I'll just shut up and let the text speak for itself. Man, come on back up. Unbeliever, what does this text say to you? It just says, today, if you're an unbeliever and you've never embraced Christ's fullness and His supremacy, would you embrace His gracious downflow to you? The gospel is this, that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for sinners. We wouldn't get it right. We wouldn't measure up to the law. We wouldn't do everything to the right standard. But Christ did. That's, that's it. That's the gospel. That's it. There's nothing more. Well, I'm not going to be a good enough person. Join the club. <laughs> that is the hope of the gospel. If you're an unbeliever today, receive the gospel. That despite you, Christ is great and gracious. And if you'll trust in Him and repent of your sin, He will cover all of your sin. You can do that today. And believer, what does this say to us? <laughs> As God has flowed downward, may we in prayer flow how? Upward. And to humanity, how? Outward. And just for the sake of all the OCD people, here goes the rest of the water. <laughs> what a great text. Let's pray together. Well, Lord Jesus, what a fun text. Um, Paul, so clear, so simple. I pray today, God, that as we walk out of this room, um, as, as, as the text has washed over us, and we've thought more about your supremacy in all things. I pray that in our dorm rooms, on the band field, on the football field, in the art room, in the cubicle, in the car, in the shower, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, that you'll just continue to downflow in us. Tell us more about your goodness. And as we receive that, that we'll, we'll be people of prayer constantly, all day long. Posture heart of prayer hearing those divine whisperings, and we will flow outward to other people and we'll be clear and we'll be gracious and we'll be as seasoned with salt. And all God's people said, Amen.